Welcome to the Mad Men Happy Hour, the officially unofficial podcast for Mad Men on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. Uh, and I'll, one of these days I'll stop doing that cheesy-ass intro. I love it. <laughs> but it's it kind of gets you in the mood for Mad Men. It doesn't carry through at any point <laughs> in the cast. But. When you know that we're uh, <clears throat> swishing around some scotch here, sipping on cheap whiskey, mm-hmm. kind of gets you in the mood. Uh, okay, we're this episode we're talking about Season 5, Episode 3, entitled Tea Leaves. Uh, episode two. No, no. The first one is two-parter, oh, but it's split into two episodes. That's true. I knew you were going to try to call me on that, and I was well, Now, ready. wait. If we're going over, under on Megan, you can't have it both ways there, Jim. <laughs> That's not one episode or two. I think we just have canon evidence that it's two episodes. Yeah, so I lost the under. Now, we'll see if it happens in the over. Oh. Because yeah, you know what we were talking about with Don uh, cheating on Megan, mm-hmm. right? He hasn't yet. I know. So I lost. Sorely tinted Mine by was... that 14-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little, a little weird. Although I think he was doing market research Yeah, I'm amazed at how many people were, like, scared that he was going to bone her. And I'm like, oh, what? I don't think Don is that that skeezy. No, no. Now, if it was Harry, eh, maybe. Yeah. Harry, Harry was kind of Or if she was 18-year-old and he was out in California. And there you go. And she was a member of some sex cult family. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, why yeah, not? he'd nail that. 18, it's legal. No problem. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get into the recap of this episode. Uh, it starts off with Betty. Oh, wait. Yeah. Guess who directed this episode? Uh, Matt Wiener. John Hamm. Did he? Really? He did. This is his mm. directorial debut. Oh, that's good to know. This is directorial debut. Yeah? How do you think he did? I think he did awesome. There yeah. was a lot of kind of... I. You know, Steppenwall is my favorite critic mm-hmm. but i thought him and his partner daniel both sounded what i would describe as bitchy about this oh, episode yeah they're just nitpicking the mm-hmm. uh transitions and saying it was like a weak episode but i think it really they just hate betty and, well, as we all do and uh, but they were kind of given john ham like fairly muted praise like it was all right it was a good first effort but i think huh. the Especially the scene between him and Betty over the phone. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of good stuff in here. There's the, comedy with Ginsburg. Yeah. Uh, there's drama with Betty, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought all around it was a, a good episode. Yeah. Certainly not mediocre. No, no, no. I, I've seen much worse television. <laughs> Certainly. So, <laughs> anyway. But, all right. Well, let's get into the recap. Uh, it opens with... Betty trying to get into a dress. Whoa, Betty! Yeah, uh, big fat Betty <laughs> can't get into her dress. Whoa, fat Betty, fam, lamb. <laughs> that joke's everywhere, man. You go on Reddit; that's the first thing at the top. Oh yeah, of course it is. <laughs> we should have come up with whole lyrics for it though, like "dress going to burst, bam, lamb." <laughs> should have been our intro song this week. Oh well, wearing a pink moo moo, bam, lamb. <laughs> yeah, what was that? Uh, comforter that she's wearing the the, the quilted moo mm-hmm. that she wore <laughs> was not what you want to wear to the to flatter or hide the the yeah uh, even problems. if you're fat it just makes you look like yeah. it makes you look like homer simpson when he wore his moo yeah plus i thought she looked, she's probably sweaty underneath there uh probably it's, it's like summer. a summer yeah. it's july it's Pretty july for garment. god's sake she didn't have, have central air did they have air conditioning back then not in that castle they didn't, no. they didn't invent air conditioning for castles in the 60s. <laughs> All right. Uh, but she's trying to get into a dress that no longer fits her, and she realizes, hey, I'm fat, so she doesn't want to go out of the house. <laughs> that was the first day she realized <laughs> That's that. what I think it really was. <laughs> yeah. Like, they made a point of showing this 
her kids trying to get her dress on and how hard it is to zip it up. And then in the very next scene where Don and Megan are getting ready, Don comes up behind Megan, no Zip. problem, zips yeah. it right yeah, up. That's a nice little contrast. Yeah, yeah, that can't make Betty feel too good when what did you Don's think, new wife. Let's okay, because we've mm-hmm. we've processed so much. What did you think of how Betty looked objectively? Uh, still not ugly. No, very I pretty. Mean, just a little heavier. Yeah, maybe. I feel like that was another like forty pounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly has the frames capable of carrying it. What did you think? Because mm-hmm. I was amazed at the makeup job. Yeah. Lots of people panned it. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if it's because we we famously said we can't get AMC on HD. That's true. My cable provider does not offer AMC and HD. Mm-hmm. In standard def, the fat suit looked yeah. like freakishly good. It looked really good. Yeah. So I wonder if, if in high def it just looked horrible. Maybe. I need to go get a high There were feed. seams and there's like leakage out that's, the side of it. That's what. <laughs> the silicone, the roof's too hot. Like I think at, just, <laughs> there's this one guy on Grantland, uh, uh, the, my other favorite reviewer, I can't really remember his name, but he said, I'm amazed that uh, Henry didn't realize he could have cut his wife free of that hideous thing at any time with a pair of scissors. He could have cut her free of all that latex. <laughs> It, it looks like her comforter outfit. <laughs> it's just like quilted, just dyed, quilted silicone, dyed flesh. Ah, gross. Face looks like a flashlight. Yeah, no, I thought it looked pretty good. So, <clears throat> so okay, we covered both those things. But yeah, the next scene is uh, like I said, Don and Megan preparing for dinner with the Heinz executive. Is this guy's name Heinz? I guess is this is the guy who started the company. His name is. It didn't sound like it. His name is Frank N. Beans. <laughs> <laughs> nice, but uh, uh, he married into the Heinz family. <clears throat> yeah, and this goes uh, half well and half really awkwardly. Megan mm-hmm. is – Don is having absolutely no trouble. No trouble with this meeting at all. He's impressing, and Megan is flopping. Right. And I can't you, help but wonder – Oh, really? Did you take that as she was flopping? I did not take that. Uh, well, the guy was being nice to her, just saying, oh, yes, time is on your side, honey. Uh, but she she brought up the divorce when she didn't need to. Yeah, that was awkward. Yeah, completely awkward. And I'm wondering if this maybe shows that she's not comfortable with clients, period. She's already said she's not cut out for the advertising world, probably. I don't think she's also comfortable with the the age gap between... Uh-huh. She's a little self-conscious. Yeah. Especially yeah. dealing with like clients and stuff like that. And the fact that... Yeah, this kind of echoes from last season or last episode where she was concerned about what people at work thought, like mm-hmm. when she's in his office, like they think we're having sex. Yeah. Well, now that she's like, you know, how do we meet at work? Oh, I was a secretary. Oh, he was, you know, just like she feels a little self-conscious about that aspect. Yeah. And I can see why. Certainly oh, sure. in the time, in the time, controversial. it'd be kind of weird. It'd certainly be weird today if you married your secretary, your young 20-something secretary after a divorce. Yeah. I feel like it's a little more accepted now, but... Because uh, Don's not that old. Don's like 40. That kind something. of abuse of a power dynamic is a little yeah. bit more unaccepted. The, the age difference, sure. Didn't she say that she was 26? I think Don said yes. that last episode. Betty tried to so say she's like, 20, so she's 26. And yeah, he's 40. It's like 16 years, and when you get into your 40s, it's not a crazy amount. You it know? was a big deal back in the day. Uh, certainly. Yeah, back then. Um... So the the Heinz guy proposes that Don go, get the Rolling Stones to appear in their commercial. That should be easy. Uh, no problem. No problem. Uh, and then we go to Peter telling Roger that Mohawk's going to sign with SCDP mm-hmm. and that they should hire another copywriter to help Roger manage the account. 
Roger is super happy about this. He's like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, I know these guys. He drinks this. He drinks that. Right. Uh, I could see why they'd want me. But he also, I mean, he kind of rope-a-dopes him here. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you take the account. You're you're the better, you know, they did they well, request me? No. But he was very conciliatory. Well, he, he doesn't say you take the account. He says you manage the account. Right. He, he's basically saying you're going to... You're going to run the operations of this like he does later, the day to day. But I'm the one signing this. Uh, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't tell Roger that. Yeah. Okay. But he tells Clearly Roger that's that he's what going to he be running. Intended. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just was leaving out some pertinent details for mm-hmm. Roger. Um, and then Lane is still arguing. Hey, we can't afford another guy. But Pete insists on on them hiring another another uh, copywriter. Uh, then Harry fails to hit on Don's new secretary. I think he was hitting on her, right? I felt Very a little awkwardly. hit vibe, but he's just so fucking awkward. Yeah. He might have just been trying to make conversation about with this first black person that he's maybe even seen or talked to. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he also fails to get Don to go to dinner with him <laughs> yeah. before the Rolling Stones uh, show. I thought we could get to, let's, let's have a dramatic reenactment. I'll be Harry, <laughs> you be Don. Okay, uh, so the show starts at 8. I thought we could... Uh... Oh, you're Harry. Yes, I was going <laughs> to say. Are you stepping on my lines, dick? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I thought we could get there early, you know, maybe eat in a nice Italian restaurant and nope. Well, you should have cut me off with the nope. Nope. There you go. <laughs> uh, if only we had John Hamm to direct us, he could have saved that scene. He could have. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how he directs himself in that scene. All right. Now, Don. Amazing job. Say- <laughs> Amazing job, John. Yeah. You nailed that. John. Now I like that take first cut. It's good. <laughs> but this time, could you be a little more of a dick? Could be happier with your mouth open. And then his response to himself was, nope. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. You're the star. (laughs) Uh, So then Pauline, who is Henry's mother, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, stops by Betty's house to talk about why she's fat, basically. Speaking of mothers, she threw the mother of all savage guilt trips on her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Her whole reason for going by was to say, hey, you're fat, right? (laughs) (laughs) And we see that Betty's is pathetic. She's yeah. sitting in her pink quilted madness, eating bugles, <laughs> and the kids are away at summer camp. She can't even be bothered to watch her children when they're off school for the three months that they are. Yeah. She's got to sit and eat bugles in her pink tent. And she's so incredibly shallow because this woman suggests to her that, oh, wouldn't it be nice to get back into your old closet? Uh-huh. Come on. And, uh-huh. and she's, she's moved by that argument. Yeah, she, she, she decides really is. you're right. You know, yeah, right. I should get back into my old clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the hell? She is so shallow. But we uh, see, also and she Pauline... also suggests that she should take pills. Yes, yeah, that's the this other big thing in this scene. Up the plot. Um, again, Henry's mother doesn't like Betty too much. It certainly seems like like that based on uh, the preview for this week. And I like that she comes to her and said, "You know, the one thing you got going is that you make my son happy." And if you stop yeah. doing that, then you're fucking useless sack of skin. And you're fat. So shape it, yeah, shape it up both literally and figuratively. <laughs> get your shit together and go to see get get some happy pills, get some fat pills, whatever you need. You yeah, need, you need to do it. Yeah, and and Betty's feeling pretty bad about herself here. I mean, she's obviously depressed, right? For, she's a horrible for, mother. For what reason? I'm actually not sure. Why is she depressed? Man. Is it because she's not with Don? I think that and that she is she was a model, mm-hmm. jet setting model, and she's sitting here 
in this castle watching daytime television and eating bugles in her pink tent. Yeah. That's dep- – have you not been in a situation like that where it's just depressing? Oh, sure. So yeah. I think she's just in a situation that's that's depressing. She she w- mm-hmm. thought she wanted this this new relationship and to get away from Don and – and all this, and it's not been the fairy tale she thought it was going to be. Surprisingly, because uh, Henry is actually super nice to her. He is. For like, incredibly nice. The situation they're in, mm-hmm. and the monster that she is. Yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, I, I do want to say, we had a, a listener, Nerdy Baker, on Twitter, actually correct us on uh, a lot of things about, I guess, the women's issues in this show. Like, uh, Peggy. She was saying that, uh, which is why we need a woman's perspective on Hell the yes. show. This is very a very male show, unfortunately. We need uh, to get like all the female listeners need to queue up, yeah. and we'll we'll have a guest spot for each one of you each week. <laughs> there we we'll, go. You'll dial in, and you uh, can like rein in our misogyny and our testosterone and our bullshit views on on the double X chromosome tribe. Sure, definitely. Uh, but Nerdy Baker was saying basically that Peggy is not uh, romantically linked to Don at all. Really uh, anymore? Yeah. What was her evidence? Or, or if she ever was. Uh, her being a woman? That, that's that's what I assume. Oh, you mean? Like, she, she didn't give... It, it was a Twitter message. I like, mean, what she's kind got of Johnny Cochran defense is this? Peggy is a woman, therefore she doesn't like Don. No, no, no. I'm saying Nerdy Baker is a woman, yes. so she has more... Intuition. Yeah, she has more of an I insight need to know into more, her. I need view. to know more, know more information about that. Yeah, definitely. Because I'm telling you, the scene... I just got that strong sensation from the scene where hmm. Don broke the news he's married Megan that... Mm-hmm. Peggy was disappointed, crushed, even maybe. I don't crush. I have to, I don't know. Go to that far, but <laughs> I don't know. But Nerdy Baker would disagree. Uh, okay, moving on. Don and Roger tell Peggy to uh, find someone for the uh, what campaign? Mohawk campaign. Someone yeah. with a penis. Someone with a penis. Specifically, no women. God forbid. Uh-huh. As she says later. Right. Uh, and Roger here mentions uh, baked beans and Rolling Stones. That's a client's idea if I've ever heard one. Mm-hmm. Funny. Considering Roger is doing advertising for the Lincoln commercial. <laughs> yeah? A little ironic there? Maybe. maybe. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, mean, I also not like, much to say about that. He scene. said, I, I want a good-looking version of Don. And <laughs> yeah. Does Peggy that said, that Don isn't good-looking? No, I think he's basically... Peggy's like, well, that's an easy order to fill. Mm-hmm. I, You know, ironically, like, oh, you yeah. want me to find someone brilliant as Don and younger and better-looking? Okay. Yeah. yeah no, big, sure. no big deal. Uh, so then Betty shows up at the doctor's office to get some diet pills, but the doctor insists on doing an examination and find something wrong with her thyroid. The first I thought that Jesus doctors could be dicks back in the day, mm-hmm. like their absolute authority and they're not taking this housewife seriously. And then Makes as the sense. scene wore on, I got that there was this almost, they were playing this as a comedy. Yeah. Like, you throw a laugh track at, like, some of this guy's <laughs> beat and reactions to, like, oh, I don't like this, and uh-huh. his facial expressions. You could throw a laugh track behind that, and it would seem natural. Yeah. The way they shot and paced that. Again, am I crazy? But I thought... It could go in the lineup on Thursday night, NBC. Yeah. Just get some comedy in there. Yeah. It was, and even Betty's reaction to kind of, like, what was going on. A little bit, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, the doctors, I feel like they have a right to be dicks. Especially when you come to him saying, oh, my friend said this. Or or the oh, modern day analogy, I was reading on the internet. Fuck you, you were reading on yeah, the internet. I'm yeah, a doctor. Yeah. I went to school for this for eight years. Thanks. I just, I just, this seemed like 
uh, every time you saw Will Ferrell play a doctor on Saturday Night Live, <laughs> uh-huh. he played this kind of officious ass. Yeah. You know, with yeah. this butt. Yeah, it's like, oh, was your friend a doctor? You know, but anyway. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but when she gets home, Henry isn't there, so she calls up Don mm-hmm. to tell him what the doctor said. Uh, she's freaking out, so Don says the magic words to calm her down. Go fuck Every- yourself. <laughs> no, I was hoping there would be those words, but instead it was uh, everything's going to be okay. Yeah, he dropped the yeah, birdie he on her. Called her birdie. Haven't seen that in a while. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard that in a while. Um, that's basically that scene. And then <laughs> Peggy goes through the applicant's portfolios until she finds Michael Ginsburg's, who is a character we may come to know and love. Uh, she likes it, but Stan tells her not to bring him in for an interview because he'll be her boss someday. Don't hire people who are better or smarter than you, I guess, is his his thing. Or, not really. It's more like, don't hire this dude. Go to them and say, hey, I want to do this. Seemed no, like what I he was saying. I thought he was saying the first, and that's, some, that's bullshit management wisdom. But I think in this case, there's quite a lot of foreshadowing there. There certainly is, and it plays actually into what Roger's character is feeling right now, too. And what he ends up saying by the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, and we will talk about that scene quite a bit, there's I think. There's a lot, again, with Mad Men, there's wheels within wheels mm-hmm. in these scripts here. So Definitely. Uh, so then uh, Betty's calming down in the bath when Henry tells her that they can see the special. <laughs> the heading tomorrow. on my notes for the scene says, the SS Betty. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Oh, I'm awful. <laughs> you insensitive bastard. I'm an awful. I'm an awful person. Oh well, it's true. But I'm still not more awful than Betty. <laughs> <laughs> no, you couldn't possibly be more awful. I'm not talking about the outside external appearance. No, I'm, no, I mean, yeah, I'm I, talking I, about I yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, just make sure. Uh, and she doesn't want even her husband to see her naked. She's so ashamed now of her her SS uh, characteristics that right. she doesn't want him to her see her broadside. <laughs> Good one. Thank you. Uh, not much happens there. Do you want some brandy? Scene. Turn around. I want some brandy. <laughs> uh, Betty's recognized by Joyce at the special t- specialist office. Darling. And she asked her to lunch. Now, who is Joyce? Do you know? Beats the shit out of me. It felt like it was uh, maybe an old friend from school. Like a long, a really long lost old friend. Maybe. Or maybe she. Because she yeah, hasn't seen her okay. since she's been fat. So at least a year, right? Isn't that? Isn't she in season one? She was the girl next door that got divorced. Oh, yeah. You might be right about that. Yeah, because I, I she did look familiar to me, uh, though possibly more run down than right. she was five seasons ago. Uh, but I'll move on while you're looking that up. So next is the interview with Ginsburg. Uh, Peggy's interviewing him, and he insults her, and she hates him. So she basically gets rid of him. Uh, says, hey, we'll, we'll call you, uh, which means you you don't get the job. Uh, th- th- I couldn't believe the clothes that this guy was wearing. They're shockingly bad. I mean, he's wearing... Pete Pete set a pretty high mark. No, 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 dude. This <laughs> guy's wearing a plaid jacket. He's wearing a pattern tie and a polka dot shirt. Uh-huh. It is so fucked. And he's wearing jeans and these, like, big work boots. Uh-huh. It's messed up. This This guy has no chance of getting this job without his personality. He's lucky. He's a smooth talker. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, Peggy doesn't really doesn't like this guy. What did you think of Ginsburg the first time you saw him? I liked him. I liked. Yeah. I thought I agreed with Peggy that I thought his work was standout. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then when you they said brought he was in, more of a, a design, he looked like more of a designer than a uh, copywriter. Yeah, what 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 drew her to his portfolio was that kind of like the layout, and I associate that mm-hmm. with a graphic designer. Maybe that now that they're doing this new typefacing, and there's you know there's like a, almost a change in the way advertising going from old to modern. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's kind of they used to all be copywriters, and there weren't graphic designers. I also the first of that breed. Uh, I also wonder back in the, the scene where Peggy's looking through the portfolios, if Stan's not partially telling her, "Hey, I don't want this guy around because that work looks pretty good." And oh, I, yeah. I'm the guy who draws shit. I'm the guy who is the designer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so he might end up taking my job. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, <clears throat> also, then, while I was looking that up, yeah. and I didn't find anything except for she was in the first season, and she was some sort of friends of uh, Betty and. Uh, 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 Don. Yeah. Um, but I also want to point out that it wasn't his doctors. Nurses were pushy dicks too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember like, see that? she's like the whole time Joyce and Betty are trying oh. to set up plans. They're like, oh, the doctor is waiting. Yeah. yeah. The doctor's waiting on you too. Oh my God. It's just <laughs> really give us uh-huh. 30 seconds. Yeah. No nurses. Uh, the doctors can't waste their time, man. Valuable, valuable time. They love wasting yours now. Nowadays they do. Uh, so then Betty and Joyce go to lunch, uh, talk about their problems, and then you get a psychic reading of Betty, uh, quote-unquote psychic, because she's way off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's reading her future. Uh, crushed, crushed Betty in this scene. I have, I wrote this out verbatim when she asked what it's like. She says, <laughs> it's like you're way out in the ocean alone, mm. and you're paddling, and you see people on the shore, but they're getting farther and farther away. And you struggle because that's natural and your mind wanders to everything you're not going to do. Like, how am I going to kick dinner? How did I lock the door? And then you just kind of give up and want to sink beneath the waves. And this is that's, this that's is brutal. Her, her description of kind of facing death, right? Yeah. Knowing that you have this illness yeah. that's probably going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, very poignant stuff there. And, I mean, she says after that nobody's ever asked, uh, I guess – she wasn't feeling wanted or needed around, you know? Right. Uh, and I don't even know, I don't know, remember what her background is. So I don't know if she has anyone around her, like family or anything. I don't know. Uh, could be, could be pretty sad, but the, the psychic reading of Betty is way off. Oh yeah. It's just like, you mean so much her, to the people around you. You're a rock. <laughs> yeah. You're a fighter. Uh, <laughs> not exactly lady. And, and Betty weeps because she's not right. <laughs> and she realizes it. If she's uh, rock. She's made out of talc. Yeah, she's a limestone. I don't know. Uh, So then Roger tells Peggy to bring Ginsburg into the office for an interview with Don. Uh, And I was wondering why Roger's so eager to bring this guy in. Is it just because he wants someone good to do the work? Yeah, I mean, this is his account, and I think he wants wants this guy to make him look good. Mm -hmm. I also like the scene between Roger and, and Peggy. I mean, it seems like Roger respects Peggy. Yeah, and he says that he he wants to be working with a Jew because that's like the modern popular thing to do, I guess, uh, in advertising agencies. Right. I, I don't know what the the relationship of like to business to Jews was then. I, I have no concept of what the '60s were well, like. Seeing as everyone is racist, it seems like, sure. and like, even it was a big deal when JFK got elected because he was a Catholic. Huh. Remember that? No. <laughs> Do I remember that? Yeah. I wasn't even born. Remember man. that old man? No. So, I mean, obviously this country has had a problem with a long time with immigrant culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, now still we still do, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 
Jews and Irish Catholics and all those are seen as the other and black, you know, mm-hmm. uh, African Americans. So now it was seen though it's kind of come around and having these on your staff is seen as a trendy thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I wonder if uh, SCDP is going to make it trendy to have black folk on maybe, your staff. Maybe they're definitely maybe. Uh, equal embrace that equal opportunity. Yeah, stuff. and I think they're certainly leading the way, right? Yeah. I mean, that was a joke ad and they didn't expect the response they got. Right. Uh, then, uh, Megan's listening to several commercials at once, bathing in advertisements, right. as I like to do from time to time. Oh, yeah. Sit in my room and listen to commercials. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Don's leaving for the Rolling Stones concert. Uh, when they get to the Rolling Stones concert, Harry tries, tries to weasel his way backstage and fails, and they meet a couple of girls who light up a joint and make fun of the old squares. Yep. Uh, what is the reference that they make? They call them something. You so looked it's, this up, right? It's a reference to the the show Bewitched. Okay, because she says like Bewitched. Yeah, and like Dur Durwood is the insulting term that the mother in law witch has for Darren. She calls him like Durwood. Okay. And Mister Kravitz is this noby nosy uh, kind of nebbish next door neighbor yeah i remember Kravitz. i looked him up a picture uh-huh. and you know he's this bow tie wear yeah oh so you do yeah because they used to be uh reruns on nick at night so darren is a fairly flattering reference for don uh-huh. but mr kravitz <laughs> is not a very flattering reference for harry there uh-huh yeah mm-hmm. awesome uh so then betty and henry get down yeah uh, they betty some giving love. up some of the betty sugar apparently it's been a while too betty crocker cooking yeah. up a batch of hot love now what was the i don't know you should cut me off when i do this Uh, i'll try i'm drinking for god's sake yeah uh what was the deal here so apparently betty had told him at some time look i don't want to fuck you anymore i'm done that whole sex thing is like the heat yeah like probably when she started gaining weight or Mm -hmm. maybe even when she got depressed because you remember how her and don left things like they met at the old house and Mm -hmm. She there was still obviously some sparks and stuff there. I, I maybe that was the beginning of the end. I, I don't know. Well, whatever it is, it obviously happened been, in the nine it's, months. It's, it's between been a seasons. while. It's been a while, and it's been a while. Yeah. since they've, they've so it must have happened early since she cooked up her last batch. <laughs> yeah, but they're back at it again. Once again, they're uh, firing up the oven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we go Trying back to the, so hard not to say inappropriate. <laughs> we go back to the Rolling Stones concert. Where Harry tells a story about Charlton Heston in the nude, uh, gets taken backstage by one of the girls, and Don waits to talk to one of the other girls. Right. Uh, there's a lot going on here. For one, I noticed Don does not button the top button of his shirt when he wears a tie. Mm-hmm. A little weird to me because I always do. When I said that that's like I always did that because it gives this – the tie holds it together <laughs> and you get kind of like a shock absorber. Uh, I get it. Your neck can flex a little bit more freely. I thought to be all, uh, to be proper, you were supposed to button that up. I don't, I got a double wincer on who's going to (laughs) say. That's true. That's true. Uh, the other thing I felt like he was doing here is researching this on this girl. Yes, he was. He's talking to her. How do the Rolling Stones make you feel? Mm -hmm. Oh, so you'd say they make you feel romantic. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, what are you, a psychiatrist? Mm -hmm. He says, uh, what do you know about psychiatrists? Yeah, and I felt and like she looks all weird. Well, I felt like he was kind of starting to peg her uncomfortably close, and she was yeah. getting a little freaked out about it. And I think Don was kind of getting a little freaked out about it too, because she was saying stuff. Well, you know, something was a long time ago, and it was three years ago, mm-hmm. and he's 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 
realizing like, holy shit, if I'm marketing, this Heinz guy wants me to market to these people. Yeah. They have memories like goldfish. <laughs> yeah. Like how do yeah. you how do you do it? Well, it's interesting because I feel like Don is going to take the information that he got from this girl and it will somehow lead to the closing of the Heinz deal. He's going to do something brilliant with it. Because he's going to say, look, we, we didn't get Rolling Stones, but here's what the Rolling Stones offer. I'm going to offer you the same thing in another way. Sure. Uh, I, that's what I assume is going to happen. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, then Betty dreams that she's dead, and this is an interesting scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, the family's eating breakfast before her funeral, or, or I assume they are. And and Henry keeps intoning that if, if, yeah. if. Yeah. Can't believe you said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it's win, win, win. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and not the win, win, as in this is awesome. The win, 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 as in she's dead. Mm-hmm. What the hell are you talking about, man? <laughs> we're, we're always talking about win, win on the other podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what's the meaning of the chair on the table at the end? Sally puts that chair, puts what I presume is Betty's chair, on the table at the end of that, that scene. I think that's the meaning right there. Her Just that she's taken. not there. Yeah, she's not yeah. there. They're, they're right. giving up hope. They're moving on. What's well, that awfully shallow reading of it? <laughs> I wanted something deep and insightful. My <laughs> second cast of the night, man. Yeah, but you're drinking scotch. I wanted That's to... a problem, too. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> Uh, you don't what, excite me as much anymore, Jim. No, I, got, a I, I, got, I got a I got a younger, hotter co-host. Frankly, he gives better <laughs> cast, and the, the heat in this relationship is dying. You know, yeah. Every time it's time, a shame. Yeah, every time you put on the headphones, you ask me to turn around, and I don't want to have sex anymore. That's right. <laughs> That's a de- <laughs> and I'm getting deal, fat. So. It's a deal breaker. <laughs> uh, so what's going on in Betty's head here? They they linger on her in bed. After she's woken up from this dream, obviously she's disturbed by it, but I'm not sure what else is there. Even uh, though I know there's something I think this else is there. the dread of waiting for the t- results to come back. You think so? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, then let's move on. Uh, Don asks the girl the, at the Rolling Stones concert what she's going to do when she meets the Rolling Stones. And Harry comes out of the backstage room with what he thought was the Rolling Stones autograph. <laughs> uh, definitely not the Rolling Stones. <laughs> As we find out, because actually, everybody uh, is them. that what I? That's what happened here. So, so basically, he Very went confused. in the back. He went in the backstage room, and I don't know if the Rolling Stones did this for a decoy or what. Maybe it was the opening band. It could have been the opening band, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they sang him a song that he thought was Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. He got their autograph. He comes out, and then all of a sudden, the Rolling Stones come from the opposite direction. But why would he care about them. getting them their fucking autograph? The, like on a contract. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know either. I would assume so, because he's not there to be a fan. He's there to be a professional, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but he seems very fan-like when he comes out. He's like... He, he kind of felt like he was amazed by them. You skipped over a whole bunch more about the with Don and this young girl. Yeah. Where, like, he went on from market analysis to seeing his girl as market research to, I think, seeing this girl as kind of his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. That like you're at this concert and you just want to jump on this guy. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you want? What do you think he wants? Yeah. And then she kind of jokes it off like, "Well, you guys don't want us to have a good time because you never did." And he's like, "No, we're worried about you." Mm-hmm. And I think that's the generation gap in a nutshell, right? Certainly. 
that yeah. the old generation starts growing up and thinking these kids are dumbasses. Uh-huh. They're never going to survive this. You forgetting the that, fact, kids? forgetting the fact that they're they were dumbasses back then too, and they managed. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, kids are always dumbasses. That's what kids do. Yeah, they they do dumb things and they learn. Don just really, in a way, he didn't in season one and two. Just kind of feels like he's getting old. Yeah. I think so. Uh, certainly last episode, we see that with him turning 40, the birthday party. Yeah. Kind of hit him a little hard. Uh-huh. Um, and speaking of hitting you hard, I think 20, 20 White Castle sliders hit you pretty hard. Uh, Harry's going to be in bad shape when he gets home. But basically, that scene is Don dropping Harry off at his house and Harry apologizing for uh, failing. Harry the- has been, so far in the season, kind of a one-note asshole, right? I mean, he's had some uh, flashes of brilliance as other season, and I'm kind of wanting to see that again mm-hmm. because I don't really like him. Well, I think it's going places because in this scene, he's very down on family life. He hates his family. Yeah, he hates his family. Um, there's He's talking about how fun those girls were. Last episode, we saw him hanging out with the younger, hipper crowd uh-huh. at Don's party. I think things are not going to go well with his family life. I think he's going to want out. Fair he, he already does want out. Right. Uh, so that's where I see him going. But he yeah. realizes he's not Don Draper. Does he? Yeah, like, he is not going to go out and probably have fun with the really fun girls because he's too old and he's too much of a square. Yeah. So. I mean, you look at Don, he looks like a square. Yeah, but <laughs> do you think do you think that Harry sees Don and like, man, if I just leave my wife, I'm going to get this 25 hot secretary. Oh, no. And that's probably not going to way it works out for him. Yeah, probably not. So <laughs> anyway. So he's not Don. I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, so I'll then s- Don, Don has come home and he's mm-hmm. slept uh, and Megan comes in to wake him up. Because they're leaving for Fire Island. Do you know what Fire Island is? No, but it sounds bitching. It does sound bitching. And she's wearing a bikini, so you got to think. Badoom. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tells her what's going on with Betty. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to go to Fire Island, but she convinces him to go. Uh, I This is a scene that illustrates what's good for Don and Megan. Mm-hmm. Because she called him out on his bullshit. Like, you know, Don, you felt good enough to go out and stay up all night with the stones. Mm-hmm. but now you say you can't hang out with my friends. You know, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Betty's going to bet what, whatever's going to happen to Betty and the kids is going to happen. But what you do today is not going to make a difference. It's okay. Come out and have fun. Yeah. And actually the fact that Betty is mixed into this scene makes me think that the writers were also trying to say, here's, here's what Don would be like if he were around Betty right now, yep. he wouldn't be going to this. They, it would kind of be a, self-perpetuating thing where they both want to stay in neither of them wants to do anything and betty even if she did want to go she'd get morose about it Mm -hmm. and depressed and then that would be make him feel pissy and so that really kind of amplifies how good megan is for him at this point at least in certain respects sure yeah definitely uh the kids are playing on the lawn real short scene while henry and betty establishes it's the fourth of july so time is flying we've gone from memorial day to fourth of july yeah and i guess that'd be a couple months yeah um well, at least uh, one a month, month and a half. Yeah. One, yeah. And I thought that Betty seemed like a real mom here. Yeah. Yeah. She's certainly thinking about these kids and, oh, I don't want to leave them. Mm-hmm. I, I hope I'm not that sick. Yep. Uh, and then we get the Ginsburg interview with Don, who hires him. And what'd you then think he meets of, Roger. What'd you think of uh, Peggy's outfit? 
Uh, what was it? It was green. It's, with an, the... it's like something straight out of Elf. <laughs> yeah. Santa's little helper. She's looking like Will Ferrell, another reference there. Yeah, she's six months. She's, it's Christmas in July at uh. SCDP. <laughs> uh, yeah, the other thing I noticed about Peggy in this is that she's shocked at the change of behavior yeah. uh, in Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. When he really buttons it down, he can come across as an eloquent, smooth guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the insulting bastard that he, she knew before. Right. Uh he also kind of felt like maybe he was starting to flame out, at least in Peggy's eyes, and he rescued it with this whole, you know, I love Don, I admired you since the letter, this place is on the way up. He calls Peggy Margaret. Do you know what the reference was for that? Did he actually call her Margaret? I believe so. He called someone I, Margaret. and I was feeling like he called the secretary Margaret because that's her name. I don't know her name. No, it's Dawn. Dawn's secretary is Dawn. Dawn. That's what everybody <laughs> that's what was talking about. That's what the confusion was, yeah. And that's, okay. that's Roger's kind of like racist crack about it's always darkest before the dawn. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Roger. <laughs> yeah, right. Jeez, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know why he calls her Margaret. Some other reference there that I don't get. Sure. Well, if you're a fan and you know, please write in, madmen at baldmove.com. Should we talk about Ginsbury in the lobby? Or, or not in the lobby, but in the, the hall? Outside of Don's office with Roger. What about him? Uh, him up on the couch looking out the window. Should we talk about that now or should we wait till the feedback section? Because we got a lot of feedback on that. Uh, let's just save for feedback then. Okay. We will do that. Uh, the other thing that was weird about this scene that I didn't really get is Ginsburg says, when he comes around that corner, I'm sorry, my stomach grumbles sometimes. It sounds like the F word. I didn't get that either. <laughs> I mean... I didn't hear him say fuck. No. So. I think that's only, they've only used that one time in mm-hmm. all of Mad Men history. I think you're right. Do you, I, I love. It's just showing how surprised and how relieved he is that he got the job, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Peggy just, again, is, not only is he crazy, but the fact that he can control the crazy yeah. just really throws her. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how they relate. Assuming he's even around, because didn't Roger say forget it? Uh, no, I when, don't think he said forget it. He said forget everything I said. Yeah, now, I don't know if that means Ginsburg is not hired. No, I think he said forget about. I mean, he's just basically all that advice I gave you is wrong because look how it turned out when I hired this guy. Mm-hmm. That's the last guy I hired. So, yeah. and he's but on the other hand, Pete's turned out fantastic. It's just he's replaced Roger mm. is the problem, that's and that's true. why it feels a little prophetic about. Peggy. Yeah, because... She follows his advice. She just mm-hmm. hired her replacement. Yeah. The one who's going to chase her and hound her. Um, and also, he's just got that... Do you remember last season, they had that uh, illustrator that replaced uh, Saul and, or Salvador? What, what was his... Ah, shit. Um, the the uh, gay the gay guy. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. It's, I don't is remember his name his... Sal? His name is Sal, His name's right? Sal, yeah. For some reason, that sounded odd. Um, but he was very smarmy and fast talking and sexist. He drew that picture of uh, the scandalized Peggy about uh, Joan giving uh, Lane a blowjob. Do you remember that? No, I don't. You don't remember that? <laughs> no. Uh, I just wonder if she's going to have this similar kind of fiery relationship with him, especially since he's mm-hmm. kind of chasing her coattails. I, I feel like she needs a foil because what else is she doing at this point? Yeah, no one else you know? is really pushing her there, is she? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Stan used to be her foil. Now he's not. They're yeah. they're cooperating. They're mm-hmm. getting along. She needs somebody like that. 
And the fact that she's so dismissive of the fact this guy might be a threat, it just seems like there's a lot pointing towards there's yeah. going to be a threat. Mm-hmm. Um, then Betty and Henry are waiting for a call from the doctor. Uh, he gets a call from some dude who wants He's working to stand from home. next to the senator. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that's all about. Right. But the news finally comes in. It's benign. Mm-hmm. No problem. Uh, is that true? No problem? Dude, I don't, I don't know because... <laughs> I don't know. It's Breaking Bad because every single time Walter gives us an update on his cancer, I'll never believe him. Mm-hmm. My first thought was, is Betty just saying that? Is she lying? Yeah. But then when she went right into, oh, I'm not dying. I just, I'm just fat. Yeah. I don't think that's something that a narcissist who I see Betty as being, that's something that someone like that would come up with. Yeah. She'd still be I, fixating on the fact that, oh my God, I'm dying. I, I feel like it is genuine. I don't think there's uh, there's cancer there. Yep. Uh, but she says that she feels like she just got off a boat from China. I don't now, know what that means. It, well, there's the slow, the boat, slow from boat from China phrase. Yeah, uh-huh. but that – I don't know how that would apply in this situation. I don't She's know either. She's just out of touch. I mean – She's packed in a cargo container, sweaty, covered in banana fighters. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Under a, a quilted suit. Under I don't know. A pink survival tent. Yeah. Uh, well, let's move on. Pete, Pete announces that he signed the Mohawk deal. This is the big meeting. Uh, and Roger will be handling the day-to-day. Oh, we also missed the another epic diss on Harry by Don. When was Harry's that? Harry's like, hey, Saturday night was fun. And oh, yeah. Don's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's... We should what do another it? dramatic reading. I'll be Harry, you be Don, right? Okay. Hey, Saturday night was fun. Okay. There you go. Again, I think it's missing a little something. It is. It's missing your best impersonation of Harry. We need the hand. <sighs> I don't. You just need glasses for it. Some thick-rimmed glasses. You bastard! I'd have to shave too. Be fair. You would. Yeah. Um. I don't know what what's Don's deal with Harry. Why is he so? Is it just because he's a junior guy? He's and not, he's a dick. Yeah, I think. But Don, Harry's not a dick to Don. Yeah, but he's just kind of skeevy. Yeah. Like he just like Don's like, look, you. I'm on a whole different level. I feel like Don doesn't uh, hang out with anybody at the office. No. You know? The closest he got was Peggy. Like, even uh, when he went on Roger. a business trip with Pete, the first thing he did was ditch Pete. Yeah. Yeah. And so, go spend the time with the aforementioned 18-year-old member yeah. of the sex family cult. <laughs> and Pete is the accounts manager? Yeah. And w- what is he? He's like the head yeah, accounts guy. Yeah. He's not going to hang out with Harry, who's no. some underling. No. Go to dinner. Get out and of here. And his idea of fun was just, you know, Don... I, I think Don sees him as this kind of passive-aggressive nerd guy. Mm-hmm. And just kind of creeps him out. Um, And this is where... Roger says, forget everything I told you. Uh, that's the last guy I hired. Right as Pete's popping a champagne bottle. And he's saying, I signed a Mohawk. Uh-huh. Everything Roger knows, I, I'll know. Mm-hmm. Putting Roger in a very subservient position. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I could see where, actually, none of the partners should like this, in my opinion. I, I'm, it undermines all of their yes, authority. This is a management problem, period. Mm-hmm. You know, if if if, if you're going to have a transition of power, it needs to be done. You know, with everybody in agreement. You can't just yeah. have these little mini public coups going on. It's bad for the underlings. Certainly, it's bad for the upperlings. It's bad for everybody. Yeah, and you kind of see that because there's there's the first round of clapping when they he unveils the mm-hmm. airplane and he sure. says Mohawk is signed. Mm-hmm. And he says I signed them. Roger will be doing the day to day. 
and there's a slow clap. It starts mm-hmm. on the left side of the room with the underlings who don't know any better. Right. And it kind of moves around to right. Roger, who's not clapping at all. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, it's very cool aesthetic for that scene there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Roger tells Don, uh, he goes into his office and he says he's tired of trying to prove his value around the office. And Don tells him about Betty's medical problem. Yeah. This is a very interesting scene. It in is. In my opinion for Roger. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot going on. He's talking about, uh, well, he mentioned several things here. First of all, he says that he's, uh, he's tired. He doesn't want to have to prove his value anymore. He feels like he's hanging on a ledge and some kid has his foot on my fingertips. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kid in this situation is Pete, obviously. Um, and then he says bombs away. He takes a big drink of scotch. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Bombs away is a bad phrase when you're, when you've war. just had a heart attack and now you're guzzling whiskey. True. I mean, true. that doesn't seem good. Uh, and then he takes another drink when Don mentions Betty's thing. And he says, actual life and death. I've given up on that. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem to bode well for Roger. And the whole him, you know, whining about when is everything going to get back to normal? It yeah. never, ever is. <laughs> That's right. Because you got yeah. the war protests, then the hippies, then the 70s, then cocaine, then Wall Street. It's never going <laughs> it never back to the way normal. it was. Yeah, I don't know if Roger's going to make it to the coke days, to the <laughs> 80s. That's 20 years, man. I yeah. don't think so. Yeah. I think Roger's uh, days are numbered. But I think that's... That is one of the big themes this season, you know, these people longing for a return to when times made sense, when things were normal. And the fact that these guys are longing for days that for a lot of Americans were fucked up. Oh, certainly. Roger's nostalgic for a time when, you know, uh, minorities didn't have civil rights, when, you know, homosexuality was the love that dare not speaketh its name, that Mm -hmm. women knew their place and men kind of rule everything, the right type of men rule things. So it's interesting. Yeah. Them looking for the good old days was would, would be a lot of regression. Well, it really – it kind of rings true to me because I don't think people change very much as they get older. The times certainly do. The new generations certainly do. But these guys are getting up into their – for Don, it's 40s. For Roger, it's got to be almost 60, right? Right. Uh, I think these guys are just set in their ways, and they're thinking, well, they really were better days back then. Hmm. Because uh, they they don't see the improvements that have been it made. It seems like every generation does that. How yeah. do you how do you avoid it? I don't know, man. I mean, I'm 30, so I'm I'm, I'm 35. Feeling like I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. Once you hit like 40, it's like suddenly I'm just going to be annoyed at the music playing on the radio. I think so, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start yelling at kids to get off my lawn. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'd like to know how you avoid. You're going to have to buy a Grand Torino, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, let's move I on. I stack hipsters like you four deep <laughs> in Seattle. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so then Don calls Henry to find out the good news about Betty. Uh, but he's not he's not too thrilled to hear from Don. Uh, and then he tells Megan about what happened. Uh, guy's got a big Don issue, right? Henry? Oh, yeah. Uh, why? Well, he I beat think... Don. Oh, I think the reason he's so pissed off here is because... He didn't realize that Betty had called Don because mm-hmm. he said, I didn't. Oh, Betty's fine. But he sees he, But But he's letting Don get to him. Yeah. And, you know, by saying Don's a nobody, I just feel like he's always been kind of even last season. He was so obsessed with Don picking up his boxes. Mm-hmm. 
So I feel like this has the potential to go even darker than it's already gone with mm-hmm. Betty. Because what happens if Henry is done with her? Wow. And she's in the state she's in. Boy, I tell you. Mentally and physically. I don't know. But that's the other thing. She's is, not going to find another Henry. Maybe she's hoping because, like, you, you, imagine, put yourself, okay. Betty pulls this shit with Don. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to have sex. And it's, like, rain into a week. Don would just take her. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not going to get Megan. into the morality and the ethics of all that. Uh-huh. but And whether it would be consensual or not. But I don't think he would put up with that shit. Probably not, yeah. So Henry is a little bit more kinder, understanding, has a lot less going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and Didn't I Don... think Betty is missing that. Like Don telling yeah. her things are going to be okay seemed like it means more to her than Henry would tell, tell her the same thing. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Don seems more secure even though But I'm not sure why that is. Not secure. He's totally unsafe. <laughs> Henry's the safe one. And Henry's the loving one too. Don never showed her the affection that. Henry Are we about to get her. into the classic? Uh, she doesn't, you know. Nice guys finish last. Crap. I mean. No, no, no. I'm just saying she should be happier with Henry. Yes, but she's obviously not. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know the the fact that she's going to Don behind his back could be an issue later, mm. and I, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, the fact that she didn't tell him that she called, mm-hmm. and it's also kind of fucked up that Henry would think that he wouldn't. You know, that that's a, that's a big deal. If she died, the mother of his kids, that's a big deal to Don. Certainly. Yeah. So I'm kind of shocked that he would think she wouldn't. But anyway, uh, lots of fucked up things about these relationships. <laughs> Why they're so interesting. Definitely, yeah. Uh, so the next scene is a little interesting. It's Ginsburg telling his father that he got the job. Uh, wait, wait. Before we go to that. Yeah. When he told Megan and he told Megan, you're mm-hmm. such an optimist. I felt like that was the first, a little bit of the biting Don sarcasm directed mm. at Megan, but it just went over her sunny head. Yeah. Do you agree with me optimist. or do you think he was just, was that, I, I thought the way he played that was a little sarcastic. Uh, I didn't read, read that into it, but I wasn't paying much attention. I'd love to, to know what the listeners think. Thing. Because yeah. sometimes I can't tell if I'm reading too much into it. Yeah. We actually learn a lot from our listener feedback. You do. They keep us honest. <laughs> Uh, so what do you think about this next scene with Ginsburg telling his father about the job? This puts the cherry on top of the Sunday, no mm-hmm. pun intended, the next scene, so, yeah. of the generations being completely at odds. This yeah. guy is talking about a guy who died. It's obviously a big deal to him. The Red Sox. Ginsburg has guy. no idea what he's talking about. Yep. Same thing, you know, Harry's trying to drop Charleston Heston on these girls. That's impressive. They have no idea what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. This season so far feels like it's about these guys getting old and and just different and and the young the younger generation coming up behind them. Yeah, and uh, the, the season or I'm sorry, the series itself has always been about the changing times, right? Sure, that's been uh, one certainly. of the major themes. But yeah. this we're really starting to see the divides, and we talked about that in our preview cast. That yeah, you know, Joan and and Peggy are are two sides. There's kind of I I feel like they're very strong and somewhat the same woman. But they're on different sides of a very small divide there. Mm-hmm. The old way. That's and the new where way. the line is drawn between yeah. them. And now we see between his father and him, uh, between the Heinz guys, the president Heinz and his daughter. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get her and why she's so crazy. And even Megan in that scene. Yeah. 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 And, and obviously between Don and Megan. Yeah. Uh, between Roger and his new, young, beautiful wife. Mm-hmm. 
uh, yeah, and Roger that, and Pete. That's such an obvious theme going through this yeah. this season, uh, or what we've seen of the season so far. Uh, and then I think we saw our very first on-screen Jewish exorcism taking place. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah, he was. He was trying to cast out the demon uh, of uh, Sterling Cooper Draper Price. <laughs> I would like to know what actually was going on here because so I, I am not familiar enough with Jewish I, culture. I looked it up, and from okay. what I could tell, this was Friday around sundown, and mm-hmm. it's starting the Sabbath, and he okay. was delivering like a Sabbath blessing that that was like some kind of religious... All right. What did you think about how different Ginsburg was at home versus in public? Which is the real Ginsburg here? Would the real Ginsburg please stand up? I feel like it's the one at home. I feel like you're almost always the person you are at home. Uh, and then you put on kind of a veneer when you I don't go know, Sometimes out. if you live in an oppressive environment, you get out and you kind of blossom and then you shrink back at home. And I can't yeah. tell. And I don't know uh, what – is this – because what Ginsburg said about himself, how he's obsessive he is about work, mm-hmm. is this old man showing concern because, you know, he's working for these ad agencies and he's burning his life up? Or is the old man trying to hold him back? What I think Ginsburg definitely feels like the old man's holding him back. Doesn't get him. To me. He doesn't seem very supportive. Yeah, yeah. He asks him, oh, you should be bringing women home. You should be bringing a young one and an old one for me. To me, huh. this felt like. Ginsburg is obligated to take care of his uh-huh. father, and he feels like it's holding him back. Because when he comes home, he's just like, yeah, yeah, dad, whatever. Right. Like, I know you're here, and I got to do this for you, but, mm-hmm. but, but I got to make you dinner. I got I got to bring everything for you, but I got the job, and I'm happy, and leave mm-hmm. me alone. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, I don't feel like their relationship is very rosy. Um, and also, the other... There's a lot of emphasis on, you know, relationship between parents and their children. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the concern, even though the children don't necessarily care about it or recognize it. Uh, Certainly, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Speaking of mother and daughter, next scene is Sally Sally not finishing her ice cream. Sunday Stealer. Betty finishing it off. Betty Mm -hmm. will. Oh, you won't eat that? Betty will. See, I was actually thinking... With growing dread that we're going to see you finish that Sunday, because <laughs> yeah. Betty's like, I want you, you know, I want you to be mm-hmm. fat too. Season or, four, Betty. Oh yeah, yeah. And they would have slapped her if she didn't. I so I'm I maybe again maybe Betty's turning over a new leaf. That's what I wanted to ask you. Do you think that's what we're seeing in this episode? We see a lot of thoughtful shots of Betty or shots of Betty being thoughtful. Uh, thinking about her children. I don't want to step because the listeners the listeners had a lot of good takes that okay. I didn't even have, and I don't want to step on any of their 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 toes. All right, so. well that's the end of the episode, so we're about to get into that. Before we do, I want to talk about the end song, the the song over the credits here. School me because this is very apt. I had no idea what the song was, but the lyrics sounded interesting uh, when it was playing, so I looked it up. It's called "16 Going on 17," and it's from The Sound of Music. Uh, and apparently there's a young girl named Lysel. Uh, I've never seen this movie. Don't so. try to pronounce the names. No, it's, it's the people Liesl. that know sound of movie know, knows the sound of movies. The people oh, that it's know L- L-I-E-S-L. How else do you pronounce that? Lysel. I mean, who knows? It's and Rolf. 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 That's the uh, brown dog from the Muppets, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. I got it in and my head. Fozzie's there too. Okay. Uh, but this is the Muppet Babies, so you got to oh, think in those terms. A little higher pitch voice. <laughs> Uh, but basically, it's about. Uh, I looked it up on Wikipedia. It says that the song um, is about a young girl at the beginning of her womanhood, uh, which 
I don't know anything about the movie, like I said. Or uh, women at the beginning of their womanhood. <laughs> no, young girl at the beginning of her womanhood. <laughs> uh, yeah, in Betty's case, uh-huh. woman at the beginning of her womanhood. Keep going. Uh, and that she can depend on Rolf for guidance because he is a good year older. Mm. Um, and I've got the lyrics. I'm, I'm not going to read through Are there all any of particular them poignant passages well. that, that apply to Betty. Uh, let me look it up. How, how would that, uh, apply to Betty while I'm looking this up? Well, she, we, if we were doing a podcast in season three and four, we would have talked about how she really devolved into a very childlike, immature character in those seasons mm-hmm. and how, um, it seems like she's always looking outside herself for solutions to the problems that if only yeah. this were happening, I'd be happy. If only that were happening, I'd be happy. And and why is this happening to me instead of, you know, looking at herself and, and, and why she's not happy and trying to find the source on the inside. So, um, there are some, some interesting passages here, all right. uh, from this song. Uh, one of them that you can hear, I, I really didn't like how AMC just, cut this off and did their preview over it because mm. we couldn't hear the rest of the lyrics, but right. probably it, pissed off Wiener too. Probably. Yeah. Uh, which I'm sure they put thought into these songs every time. Oh yeah. He's They're kind so of, poignant. Yeah. Uh, so one, the, the second verse here is your life. Little girl is an empty page that men will want to write on. We've certainly seen that, that with Betty. is what I think. Man, <laughs> describe her as an empty page. <laughs> It uh, reminds me of that. Do you remember that Friends episode where? No, uh, I can already tell you no. <laughs> all right, well, because uh, I don't watch. Monica Friends. was dating this douchebag that was like from a, I think a foreigner. And Bruce he, Willis. No, okay. He wrote a poem to her, but what she's describing her as an empty vessel. <laughs> That's flattering, and it was like very. It was very flattering, but then when you started reading, it's like the. It's like no, he just thinks I'm this empty, mm-hmm. bubble-headed, blah blah blah. I kind of felt like that lyric is that. It's like, yeah, she's yeah. an empty page that other men are going to write on. That's a very, almost in that context, super creepy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, makes me kind of shudder. Yeah, it's like she doesn't have any ambition for herself. And she's she just, just going to go along with whatever the men in her life say. Yeah. Uh, another passage. You are 16 going on 17. Fellows will fall in line. Eager young lads. Gruways and cads will offer you fruit and wine. Certainly that's happened. I mean, we've seen her step way up too to much the fruit, senator. Way too much wine. <laughs> Jesus. Is that what you're No. Another fat joke, and... Jim, really. No. Jesus God. Christ. This is beneath you. All right. Uh, then the next line, totally unprepared are you to face a world of men. Timid and shy and scared are you of things beyond your kin. Definitely yeah. applicable to Betty. Definitely. She is facing a world of men, mm-hmm. certainly, in the 60s. Uh Trying to see Need a manchetti, a manchetti to cut through all that. <laughs> the jungle of man. Yeah, oh, Jesus. Uh, how about this? Then the the Lysel sings this part. I'm 16, going on 17. I know that I'm naive. Fellows I meet may tell me I'm sweet, and willingly I believe. Hmm. So she's certainly fallen for a couple of guys who said that. Well, plus she's told Don, "Tell me something I want to hear." Yeah, and then all right, I believe it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's that's pretty Good much stuff. it for the song. But, man, that couldn't apply more to Betty. Good stuff. Perfect song. We should make that a theme song from now on. <laughs> yeah. Just different I, I tracks like in the hills song. of music. I do, too. Nah, get out of here. Uh, next episode is going to be called Mystery Date. Ooh. Uh, sounds interesting. I don't know what it's about. But I don't either. Mystery Date. Hmm. So Maybe we got, Harry. We got a bunch of feedback. 
We do. Let's do it. Uh, some stuff on the old show before we get to this new stuff. Um, Walter White. What? Wrote in. Yeah. We're all the way from Albuquerque. <laughs> said uh, Pete has – we were talking about uh, – we were talking about who would win between Roger and Pete. And you mentioned fight? that I don't think Pete's ever thrown a punch in his life. He yeah. corrected us. Pete has thrown a punch in his life <laughs> at Ken Cosgrove after he teases Peggy in the hobo code in season one. Oh, hell Yeah. Ah, because he he got a piece of Peggy. Was it a pretty mean punch? Would it was it a takedown Roger kind of punch? I don't think so. It's probably an ineffectual. Yeah, Ken might not even know it happened. Did someone tap me in the back? <laughs> yeah. We'll have to watch that. The Hobo Code. We got that. I got all the seasons on DVD. It's like the Da Vinci Code, except let's way, go downstairs and watch it. Way dirtier. All right. I think we got time between now and Justified. So, uh, Lane didn't tell Pete about the promotion season two. He wasn't introduced until the season three premiere. And Lane's wife okay. is a woman he was in with like ten scenes. So we definitely she's in America, and that's right. He, okay, I he brought when, her when over. I watched it the sec, uh, like a third time, we see her at Don's party, and so okay. she's definitely here in America. She wasn't for a while, right? And then he brought her over, right? Okay. Uh, Walter continues, and Megan's my new favorite character. She deserves best mm. supporting actress nominations because she's a sex kitten. I'm not <laughs> sure if that's how the award process works, but sure, we'll go with that. Is this Harry disguised as we, Walter? This White? is why. This is why <laughs> we need a woman so she can just like. What would you like to do to her, Walter White? <laughs> Tell me about it as I drink my coffee. <laughs> like what? <laughs> uh, I love Lane Price and Roger Sterling. I hated Pete in season one. I liked him in season two. I hated him in season three. I loved mm-hmm. him in season four. Now he's a balding fat guy, so I haven't made my decision yet. <laughs> balding fat guy? Yeah, Walter, come on. Just because you're skinny. Betty's uh, a balding fat guy. <laughs> I really want more Betty in this season. <laughs> You got it. Congratulations. <laughs> I think that she and Henry will get a divorce. She will try to go back mm-hmm. to Don, and he'll be like, too bad, so sad. I hope I made you mad. She'll slap him in the face. He'll grab her arm and shake her like the end of season three, and he'll say, fuck you, like Walter did to Gretchen in season two. Awful That'll be the specific. first F word of Mad Mint and Sterling told Petey fucked up. Yep. Whew, that's some specific, colorful commentary we got from Walter White. Very specific. <laughs> uh, I hope it comes true. Jason exactly from like Rival Walking Dead cast. Oh. Uh, my take on a couple of questions you had. Why would Don be okay getting busy with Megan in office, but then all uptight when she put on a naughty show at his birthday party? I don't think this is about Don's sense of propriety, as I put it, but as much as him wanting to be a dominant and in control. In his office, he was the aggressor. In the party, he was more like a victim of circumstance. And probably even more relevant, Don tries to keep secrets. In public, he has everything all buttoned down and under control, and all the serious misbehaving happens behind closed doors. He's not used to or comfortable with open displays of emotion and sexuality. That is certainly true. Solid, yeah. solid. And if you're 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 talking that smart on a Walking Dead cast, then people should just you know pitch our shit and go follow you. Man. Which Walking Dead cast is that? Because there are so the, many the of them. The Walking Dead cast. The Walking Dead cast. Just okay. search for Walking Dead cast. Google right. it. I don't have a URL. Sorry. You, I'll check them out. You screwed me up. Uh, you know what they don't have? They don't have a dead-on Rick Grimes impersonation. <laughs> and until you get that, Jason, yeah, you might have true. you might have trouble swaying her fans. Yeah, or a dead-on Lori impersonation. <laughs> yeah, the Lori impersonation is strong too. Uh, number two, why don't Pete and Roger realize the value of working together as a team? Roger has a history mm-hmm. of lazily resting on his laurels, most famously with the Lucky Strike account. While Pete is desperate for recognition and rightly afraid Roger will swoop in on his prospective clients and steal the credit. Mm-hmm. Their distrust and fear of one another outweighs any impulses towards pooling the resources you're right they'd be better off working as a team but roger and pete are two flawed dudes 
You two, on the other hand, make yeah. a great team. Oh, thanks. So, yeah. uh, Jason and your co-host, you make a great team. <laughs> uh, I've just listened to your podcast. We took a break to listen to it. It's awesome. We didn't. Not but, a bad but Rick we Grimes impression, really. They, they do a decent Rick. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, on to the new stuff. Sean Vetter says, too much Betty in this episode, literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Denise writes, hey, guys, love the show. My prediction is Lane Price uh, starts fudging the start firm numbers for his mm. benefit. Looking back at season three finale, Don, Burton, and Roger admit to him that they have no idea how the finances work. The show is always making it a point to run to him to get the status. Mm-hmm. We don't even know how bad it's going to be until Lane shows up, is what Don tells Piggy on, lo- Peggy on losing the Lucky Strike account in season four, episode 11. My prediction is somehow he has been or will start stealing and that Joan will be the one to put the pieces to the puzzle together. I don't think it's out mm-hmm. of the kindness of Lane's heart to be there for Joan. I think he's buttering her up and does not think she is smart enough to figure it oh. out. Oh, I knew there's something to that scene. See, I was I'm getting, on board with you, Denise. I, I, I thought it was Sean. No, Sean, and then we went to Denise. Sean oh, we had the one-liner. He's just, Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. He brought the comedy, uh, Denise bringing the analysis. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Lane better hurry up before Joan gets back, because she's definitely going to notice that. If that's... With as involved as she seemed last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she might be just a count. I kind of get the idea that she's more... I'm uh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, he, I'm not gonna expose my ignorance anymore. But I, okay. I kind of got the feeling that she is more of like an accounts receivable, payable, mm-hmm. not the overall financial accountant. Okay. So, but we definitely know he's not stealing yet because he's poor, anyway, real poor. Right. She says, "Sorry for my poor grammar, grip in Tijuana. I think your grammar might be better than mine." Uh, yeah, meowing. especially so when you say meowing. Meow. 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 <laughs> uh, Nic- uh, Noel Albano. Mm. Or Albano, Albano. Sure, that's from, not Lou. From Facebook. <laughs> uh, that's your new nickname, Noel. Lou. Uh, I'm calling it now. Megan is evil. Capital E, capital mm. V, capital I, capital L. She's not the sweet, naive little Canadian girl Don thought she was. We first saw evidence of this when at Don's party, her friend said that Megan is such a good actress. Ooh. And Megan mm. looked alarmed and gasped. <laughs> not that good. It seems like she has something to hide, and I think it's a conniving, succubus personality. Also, it's AMC, so you know women suck. <laughs> that is truth. Solid, solid. Yeah. Uh, silicone double chin. I think they needed a way to write in her real life pregnancy. Talking about uh, yeah, January Jones. She looks good, actually. Uh, regarding the Betty transformation, as we've seen on Breaking Bad, staring death in the eye indelibly changes a character. I'm thinking in Betty's case for the better. Also, mm-hmm. Roger's going to jump out of the office window and booze and do suicide. <laughs> Jim has it right with Roger's foreshadowed death this season. Yeah, I definitely think it's foreshadowed, and the more I hear from our listeners, the more I agree, because we had a couple of emails, more than a couple, a few, mm-hmm. several mm-hmm. emails talking about this. Do we want to talk about it now? I'm just, I've got it kind of in a loose order, so we'll keep rolling. Okay. Uh, Jake said, uh, shh, talking about um, the difference of opinion on Betty, she says, I thought she looked made up to me. I thought it looked like bad makeup. <laughs> HD version. Very good point about somebody jumping out the window. Since I started watching the show, I've always considered the opening to be a foreshadowing. I keep waiting for someone to jump out of the window, perhaps Don in the season or the series finale. You're right. Is the, he talking about the water bombs out the window? No, we're talking about the the literal open of the show. The da 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 and oh, someone falling yeah. out the mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that Don or is that Roger? Or is that It Pete? looks like Don. It does look like Don, but but it it could really be a stand in for any of these guys, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh Erin, uh, Aaron, I think she's on to my 
my naming system. <laughs> Erin so. writes in uh, Death Watch on Sterling versus Campbell. So you guys seem to think Rogers going down this season, but I've seen some chatter, specifically the AV Club comment threads, predicting that Campbell is the one that's going to die. Oh. You can definitely see foreshadowing for either prediction in the following. Sterling says Ginsburgs also wants to throw something out that window, mm-hmm. uh, echoing here what uh, Jake was talking about. Uh, Sterling says that he feels like he's hanging on a ledge and that Campbell is stepping on his fingers. Mm-hmm. I think this stuff points more to Sterling as the one to go down, and he's definitely going to a dark place, although it does lead me to imagine Sterling throwing Campbell out the window. That would be could. fucking awesome. God, that'd be awesome. And I endorse that wiener. And I Get feel like it. I'd much rather lose Pete than Roger right. in this show. Um, by the way, I like the visual of Ginsburg kneeling on the couch, looking out the window, like an excited puppy. I love the yeah. visual of a Ginsburg period, but he's adorable. Sorry. That's a really girly comment. How can you love his visual? Did you see the jacket shirt combo? It's like a cloaking device, like the watching a uh, predator in a jungle. Yeah. But hey, yeah. Uh, Erin, I will overlook your girly comments. If you overlook my disgusting masculine comments, is that a deal? Have we just brokered Please. peace with the women of our cast? The tribe. I hope so. The Dos Eques we'll, tribe. Uh, we'll have to ask Nerdy Baker. See what <laughs> she says. Uh, I can't wait to see more Ginsburg Peggy scenes. Um, also, Harry Henry Crane or Harry Crane continues to be hilariously ridiculous. Yep. Do you think there's any romantic possibility for Ginsburg Peggy? Michael Ginsburg. Uh, wow, that's a good question. I don't know. Because the other thing about when they set male and female characters working together, they're disannoyed with each other. Mm-hmm. That's like kind of built-in sexual tension. Was Don annoyed with Megan the first time he met her? I don't I, he was a, She was a secretary, so I assume he was. He's always annoyed with his secretaries, right? Mm, I can't remember. I, I know, know he nailed her pretty early on. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Honestly, I don't know where that relationship is going, uh, but... I like both of the characters, so sure. whatever happens, I'm cool. Uh, D. Chandlish said, not going to lie, I was really worried about what direction they were going in with Don and the teenage girl. A lot of people mm-hmm. said that because Don's such a freaking heat-seeking missile, but I thought that, you know, a little too young, he's not that pedal bear, and mm-hmm. the fact that this girl is just a year or two older than his daughter, if that, and yeah, it just that's starting to creep Don out. Uh, Daniel Mendoza wrote in, Roger's slowly becoming the new Burt Cooper. And he says, oh, please, there's no way Betty will ever become likable. From That's a discussion of people saying that it's... I don't know, man. Being dying is going to change her and I used put a to new hate leaf. Pete. I used to fucking I hate Pete. I still think he's despicable. It's just kind of like Shane. I used to really hate Shane. Mm-hmm. I still think he's a despicable character, but I ended up like watching him. Yeah, the character is so interesting and strong. Yeah. It would be a trick if they brought Betty... The we at the end. Of, can you imagine a world in which at the end of the series you like Betty more than Don? Oh Jesus! I could, I, I could see them twisting it that far, but I don't, man. Anyway, I don't think I'd like myself at the end of that. <laughs> anyway, Daniel cites evidence because even immediately after biopsy, her concern for children was, "What will they hear about me when she's gone?" Even imminent death can't turn Betty into a selfless person. By the way, I literally LOL'd when the tea reader let, read the leaves. It was a perfect reading of everything that Betty is not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Linda Schmidt said... Uh, before we move on, can, yes. can we talk a little bit about uh, the the thing with Don and that girl? Because we're talking about Don turning into Roger, right? Okay. And Roger last season, he had this weird 
relationship with remember those two girls who came into the office after hours and don and roger were both there and don oh, wasn't they were having the twins, any of it right yeah they were that in there were for the, the modeling addition. yeah uh-huh uh-huh they were creepily young yes in, in my opinion right and creepily twins <laughs> twin <laughs> sisters course. but if we're talking about don turning into roger could this be part of the lead but they were 18 that. right i i think they were legal but now he's a hell of a lot older than don that's the thing yeah but the shit. age gap there yeah is maybe crazy maybe maybe I, I just remember that so i wanted to bring it up uh moving back to linda schmidt's uh feedback agree that don and megan is a disaster waiting to happen anyone else think that she looks like freddie mercury before the stash <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, you're right. She, I know, I know. Yeah. Once she pointed that out, I'm like, oh shit! I can never see her the same way again. No, especially in those '70s style dresses she's starting to wear. Yeah, I think actually Freddie Mercury had that pink quilted outfit. <laughs> uh, we're talking about no, we were talking about Megan, right? Oh yeah, sorry. Megan looks way more like Fred. God damn. Yeah, no, you're right. You're, I, I'm cutting the booze off. Yeah, more. Uh, Chubby Betty seems to be kinder, gentler mother than Skinny Betty ever was. Agree on that. And which Arjun jumped in and delivered epic one liner of "Fat people are more jolly." That's a fact. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Eric said Megan is a se- saint, sex goddess, and put up with Don's black moods and secretaries. And calls him on his bullshit and still gazes at him with adoration. She could well be his salvation, but Don being Don and the show being what it is, he'll fuck it up. And her probably. As written, she's way too good for him. And Don slash Don, seriously, all that work for a not so great joke? Um, eh, I think it's supposed. To, I think it's solely to make Henry look like an idiot or Harry, Harry. look like an idiot. Yeah, I keep yeah, on saying Henry. Um, the other thing I want to say is that I think there's already some cracks in the Megan veneer. Mm-hmm. She was trying to handle the Betty situation so maturely, mm-hmm. but she's clearly irritated that Don's got some hang up with it, even though it's understandable, you know, like, yeah, she almost played it so well that I think it's an act. Mm. Oh, well, yeah. And it's, again, it's weird. you could tell that she also played, she's a fantastic actress and she played mm-hmm. it where it's, you could tell it's a little getting under her skin. Yeah. She's lying through her snaggled teeth. <laughs> Uh, sorry that was bad Raphael Samano said love this episode I'm on board again he was the hater from last week that said he wasn't feeling didn't feel it felt like Mad Men 2.0 okay Uh, I'm on board again just at the end where we see Betty as though we are looking in the fade the music of the era and the cut the black really had the same feel and style that we've grown accustomed to with Mad Men also I believe uh, he believes January Jones actually did gain the weight I read an article that uh, the reason they did have to make her up is that Weiner was expecting her to come in looking chubby from being very pregnant, and mm-hmm. she came in looking like January fucking Jones with a basketball shoved in her belly, and he's like, mm-hmm. fuck. Yeah. Bring out the season one Peggy fat suit. Yeah. And, and it explains why she's wearing such hideous uh, costumes. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, other than it being a period piece, she's also, also funny. Got a- I thought just seeing her bobble around in that pink quilt oh, yeah. was a little bit funny. And it's... a it's showing her mental state too. She's wearing this hideous freaking. No sane moo-moo. person would wear that. No. <laughs> so I bet you love they to had get to hide of, her form. Do you love you to know? get out of that tent and back into your closet? Yes, Pauline, I would. Uh, Keep going. You got more feedback. That's it. Oh, that's I'm it. I'm about to initiate outro. Do it. Uh, if you'd like to keep up with everything that uh, Mike 
Bad Mad Brew and Jim and I are doing with Game of Thrones, Mad Men, Justified, Breaking Bad, Watching Dead. It's all so much. Mm-hmm. Jersey Shore. Just <laughs> the ill-fated. Yeah, it didn't last very long, but, but it was glorious. It was it's glorious. A, it's, it's a it's a it's a trip. Yeah, if you're looking for a laugh and you haven't heard that, go check out the just. I, the, I don't know. No, 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 no. We're we're not pitching this to our Mad Men fans. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's like trying to pitch the Walking Dead. To we Mad need Men the neuralizer from the. Uh, the men in black to just like flash your memory. We did ever, yeah. we never covered Jersey shore. It's like a 1984 deal. Uh, if you like to keep up with all that baldmove.com, you can follow me at facebook.com slash bald move. Jim's holding on Twitter at bald move. Oh yeah. Uh, you can email us madmen at baldmove.com. The ways to support us, tell a friend if you're out in the water cooler and you're talking mad men talk with your friends or your family, or your sister from New York city, Mention the Bald Move crew. We'd appreciate it. Uh, mm-hmm. You can also go, if you haven't already, to our uh, iTunes page, which is linked. You know, I link all this stuff to show notes so you don't have to, like, be scribbling down in your car or getting a car wreck. Uh, go there and uh, give us the appropriate star rating that you feel we deserve, and that helps us uh, find new listeners, and new listeners find us. We appreciate that. Third, if you'd like to directly contribute to our show, uh, and we'd appreciate that. You can do so with our Amazon.BaldMove.com link. And again, we're not asking for donations and asking to buy to some stupid stuff. But if you're using Amazon already, use our link. It costs you nothing and gives us a couple pennies to pay for our bandwidth and keep our lights running and us in Canadian club whiskey. And I think they have a pink quilted moo-moo on there. They probably so do. Check that you out. You can get it on Prime. It can be there tomorrow <laughs> for you if you need it. Oh, yeah. So if you want to get out of that fantastic closet and into the the pink nightmare, <laughs> feeling a little depressed, yeah, uh, gain a little weight. Probably get some, just, you can probably go. get some bugles. Oh yeah, I bet Amazon will ship you some bugles, Prime. Definitely. Yeah. All right, that's it for this week. Uh, we are not doing until we actually have real spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not even going to go through the charade of a spoiler section. Yeah. Or so sp- that's really it. Yeah, we, we've lost the Mohawk account. Lucky Strike has pulled out. The Amazon <laughs> reviews are down. We're downsizing. We had to let go our spoiler guy. Well, we put Roger in charge of spoilers this week, it, it so just, it just yeah. didn't happen. Yeah, you right. Know. He's out chasing uh, the twins. Yeah, but we're hiring a guy, so we'll, we'll see what happens next week. Lots of wards. <laughs> but, He's a Jew. <laughs> horrible dresser. Uh, but until then, as always, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. See you next week. Mm-hmm.